Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and happy almost Christmas. Almost Christmas, our favorite time other than Christmas. <laughs> I actually always think that, I mean, like when you're a kid, Christmas Day is like the big event, right? It's like the stockings and Santa Claus and the magic of it all. And like, how did he get down the chimney? Um, but then when you get older, it's the build up to Christmas that I really love. Oh, yeah. It becomes like, the Christmas season. Yeah. I mean, like Christmas Day, it's kind of... You know, you've no, you bought all the gifts, you've stuffed the stockings. Sorry, kids. We, we kind of we know. Yeah, you mostly know what your presents even might be. We're very responsible. We talk to the people buying us gifts and ask for certain things. I found myself this year specifically being like, if you're not gonna buy me something that's useful to me or that I'm gonna wear, I would rather not have a gift. Because I just like, when you, you know when people like buy you stuff for the sake of it, like oh, stocking yeah. fillers. Yeah. When you people like put stocking fillers that are just for the sake of filling a stocking and then you're just left with this random bunch of crap where you're like, now I have to find homes for this. And like, I'm running out of space in my home. So random yeah. crap is not helpful. We get very practical as we get older, um, which is actually why, I mean, I, I feel like uh I love Boxing Day for that. Day after Christmas, for those of you not part of the Commonwealth, um, Boxing Day. Um, I was traditionally that here. Right? Like I say Boxing yeah. Day and Americans yeah. go cross-eyed. I'm like, uh, yeah. oh. I, I know it, but it's true. They don't. Um, and I've actually, I've definitely had people ask me, they're like, oh, is there is that like football after Thanksgiving? Is there like a boxing match that happens traditionally <laughs> every year after Christmas? I mean, maybe. Like if you've had a really <laughs> like, bad family run in a Christmas. Well, that's actually true. Family time. That's but, literally um, where I used to think that Boxing Day came from. Yeah. That families families fought. beat the shit out of each other the day <laughs> yes. after Christmas. Wow. I feel like that's so American. But maybe, yeah, if you fight it. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's a it's a British thing originally, right? Like it's it's traditionally when you box up. Yeah. old things once you've received new things you box up old things and give them to the poor right to the yeah poor so if you needy. give me random crap it means i have to it box will, up will other be, stuff that yes. i might have liked or the, or that random new crap will just get passed on to someone else who might actually stocking fillers for somebody it. else next um, year yes yes <laughs> well yeah i do have a pile of re re-gifting gifts do you have that like you just keep a box in the house for like if you randomly get invited and you need like a host hostess gift or no. a random birthday present or like a random white elephant I just get like, like a stockpile overload, like already. Like I love my Christmas tree. We've already put presents under the Christmas tree. The dog has unwrapped a few. We've rewrapped them. <laughs> Order is restored. But like we already have a bunch of presents under the tree and like not all of them are out there just because of like space right now. And it is as much as like I love, I love my Christmas tree. That could stay all year. I love seeing the gifts <laughs> under the tree. I'm really excited to, I actually love gift giving more than receiving. Love gifts. I do Don't too. get me wrong. Uh, yeah. Love them. But. I, I really do. If I've managed to like people. keep it a secret what I've bought until Christmas Day and I see someone unwrap it and I know it's going to be really cool for them. I'm like, oh, great. But it is already giving me anxiety about how much clutter is oh, in the house. So like if there's, you know, if 
there is definitely a case for like, okay, I just got all this stuff. Other stuff has to go. Or, you know, if there's stuff that I don't really want, then I just have to, I, I have to get it gone. And the thought of keeping more stuff on the off chance, <laughs> like I, I did not used to be this way. No, I, I mean, gifts, right? Like I definitely used to, my brother and I would count our presents and I definitely wanted always wanted like more presents than the year before. I never cared about stockpiling anything. But of course, I was also living with my parents and it was a much bigger house than what I have now and a garage. And you don't think about that as a kid. But I literally already have a plan this year to uh, reread Marie Kondo's book after Christmas (laughs) and like go through my closet and clean stuff out and go make massive donations on like Boxing Day or sometime that that week. Like It's very satisfying to declutter. And it's also like... Looking ahead to then, you know, I also, we've talked about this before on the podcast, don't really make New Year's resolutions anymore, but I do love starting a new year, like having done that, having decluttered and... Well, I always say, you know, I talk a lot to clients in, you know, on this show and stuff about the importance of your environment. And I think now that I work from home, having like the least amount of clutter and it's impossible unless you live an entirely minimalist minimalist life to live in like places that are size and you know have I think one of the problems comes from having hobbies like snowboarding oh yeah and Dave's gonna get a kayak soon and I've got a paddle board and like yeah our, our cars are already like hockey. toy boxes with like paddle boards inflatable kayaks so gym gear <laughs> all of our hobbies come with equipment and clothing and you know he's got hockey that's a lot gloves and and you know you can't get rid of that otherwise you have to buy it every time so it's like oh and i just bought ice skates. that's true you are taking on his hobbies y'all are sharing hobbies now i i really i should i should go home and just thank jeff for having um such i, I wouldn't say well they are kind of minimalist hobbies right i mean like what does he love he loves birding so like he has one spotting scope and that's like relatively small and binoculars. So this is like, like an interesting um he does interesting special clothing. Like, like So we decided that um after kind of, you know, recent family events where you kind of makes you think about your own situation and relationships and stuff and we realized that we both do a lot of things and we're both kind of busy, but we don't do a lot of things together. Yeah. So we kind of did a little bit of a review of like, okay, how do we connect more and have fun and do the things that we love? So like Dave plays ice hockey. I am not going to play that because <laughs> I just don't have the time com- to commit. And two big, giant, stinky hockey bags. There's definitely no room for that. Oh, my goodness. And they play you really, would need a whole really extra late. room if you both had hockey They gear. train and they play like way past my bedtime. And I'm just That's not willing to true. commit to yes. that. I can't do that. Sleep over but hockey. I was like... I would be into trying to learn how to skate and not like, I mean, I'm not like as bad as holding onto the edges and, (laughs) but I'm not good at it. I have no skills, but like I am somebody who likes to have the right gear. I like to have nice gear. Like I don't want to do something and be uncomfortable because then I'm going to be pissed off and miserable and then I'm going to be a little bitch and I'm not going to figure it out, try hard or want to go back. (laughs) So the problem with like skating is that when you get those rental skates, they are just the worst. awful and uncomfortable and my feet get cold. Yeah. And then after about 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm so over this. And well, it's like anything, started. ski boots, snowboarding boots. I mean, so, rent- rental gear is never what you want it to be. I mean, for anybody who knows me, I'm a sucker for like 
shearling, fluff, Ugg boots. Anything that looks like Ugg. My life should be sponsored by Ugg. If you're listening, it's great. Definitely need Ugg to sponsor this podcast. Dave gets this, um, like, hockey catalog thing, or like the no the Bauer brand for skates and stuff. He gets his catalog, and usually I just throw all that stuff in the trash to try and save him from like further financial burden. Himself, yeah. (laughs) But I happened to like flick through it. And there was a pair of hockey style skates. Dave has informed me that they would be useless for hockey because they're nowhere near like fancy enough. Fancy enough. But like they're hockey style <laughs> skates, but they have like a shearling top to them. And I was like, oh, sold. That's it. And they were like a hundred, hundred dollars, I think. Oh, that's not. Yeah. Well, that's probably why he's saying they're not fancy enough for hockey because that's actually a relatively yeah. affordable pair of skates. So for someone of my levels, I was like, okay. Cool. Well, if I get these skates, it's a hundred bucks. I don't know what skate rental is, but it's probably like fifteen dollars or something. So when you break that down to yeah, how many times each you time might you go, go, you have to pay. Yeah, it's not bad. So that's gonna be one one thing I'm gonna do with him. I like that. And then he's had an inflatable kayak for the longest time, but it's remained deflated because yes. it's a two person kayak that he kind of bought on a whim on a random trip to REI, and uh, he never uses it. Yeah. And like he knows that I love to be on the ocean, but he, well, it's kind of my fault. He hates stand up paddle boarding. I ruined that for him in the Caribbean when I made him. Oh, that's right. Paddleboard into a headwind of about 25 knots, which is challenging on a paddleboard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he decided to get a, like a hard kayak, um, which is definitely a reason that we need to make sure. Yeah. Where's that going to live? Patio. (laughs) Patio. Yeah. We had a a clean out of the patio. So now Uh he can come out in the ocean with me. And hopefully we'll have a wonderful, loving experience during each of each other's so, hobbies and not murder each other in the process. I like that. So did y'all sat down intentionally? Like, what are the things we do separately? What are the things we could do together? And like, did that like inform the gift giving for Christmas? Uh, I mean, somewhat. So this kind of came about where over Thanksgiving, um, sadly, Dave's dad passed away and uh, he'd been out in Florida. I flew out Um and it was actually sort of conversations with his mom. Uh, shout out to Dave's mom, Sue, for I know she listens, um, <laughs> for kind of just making a point of saying that it's no matter how, you know, when you live with somebody all the time, when you're married to somebody and you've said vows forever, mm-hmm. then it's really easy to get irritable with that person. And to kind of start to see, like, (laughs) you know, everything, you you get focused on everything about that person that is annoying and frustrating. Right. And, you know, especially when you've got busy lives and you're always off doing other things, to realize that you're kind of coexisting in a space. And, you know, you, you say, I love you in passing or whatever, but you're not actually spending quality time with that person. Right. And then one day you will get to the point where like one of you does pass because we all are going to go eventually. And, you know, if you've, if that's the moment when you realize that you've been existing in the same space, but without actually truly sharing that space and trying your best to create opportunities for memories and for laughter and for connection. And there's something about like teaching someone close to you how to, be successful at something how to do something it's definitely a challenge it's way more challenging than teaching a stranger how to do something yeah i think most couples agree that you probably can't be your partner's teacher or coach so this is going to be an interesting exercise for us but like just being able to sort of connect with that person on a deeper level and understand more about them it's like 
there's got to be more to the skating than just like, woo, I'm whizzing around on ice. It's like, what is it for you that makes this so exciting? In the yeah. same way that, you know, for, for him to come out in the ocean with me, like, what is it about being on the ocean that is just like super calming for me? I think you'll also just really like skating because it's going to be a really good workout. Like once you get good, it's like, it's like cardio. You know, you can just, I just do feel laps like, and you can like get faster. I feel and... like it's kind of like snowboarding where I think I started about a decade too late where I'd already <laughs> like got that sense of it. Well, like, the first time I ever went snowboarding, I was 27 and I was sailing around the world that year. Yeah. And I hadn't yet got that job, but I was like in line for it. And I was like, man, if I fall down and break myself into pieces... That could seriously ruin my shot at, you know, something that I've been working on for five years. That's so fair. I was like super tense the whole week and like scared of things. But that makes it worse, right? If you're super tense trying yeah. to do something like on a slippery slide, like snowboarding, right. skiing, You kind of have skating. to relax and eat, like let yourself just go with the flow kind and of. And now I'm trying to learn how to skate at the age of 42. So I'm pretty sure that I just need to <laughs> wrap myself in bubble wrap. So yeah. I like don't have to have the fear. You're gonna be super sore in weird places too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Skating, skating, just stabilizing on ice skates is like, yeah. You use all kinds of muscles you probably don't know you have yet. But like this is something <laughs> that I've learned from like studying for the health and wellness stuff over the last couple of years is like stuff like human connection and learning and adventure and like being really close not just like yeah. close because you happen to live in the same place as somebody but like really connected with that person is a really really important part of mental health oh yeah and it's something that i have definitely overlooked for a long time i mean so would you go birding like... well i i'm literally thinking this i'm like <laughs> man god that's, that's so true like you coexist with someone and um right i mean that's probably the downfall of so many relationships is like when people start feeling for great, you know, they're taken for granted or they don't really feel like the person's yeah. Wants to spend quality time. And, um, I don't know if y- if y'all have ever done like the love languages stuff, but, um, quality time, quality time is definitely not super high on my love languages list. Um, I think it's higher on Jeff's than it is on mine. And so I've definitely thought about it. And birding is one of those things that like, I mean, I've, I've, I've got diagnosed ADHD, like sitting and waiting and the patience and the, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if birding is for me. But... What about if you were to go with him, I will go and hide in some bushes yes. and like throw like well <laughs> fluffy toy penguins or something. <laughs> he would see a penguin in California. Um, yes, that would be amazing. Uh, just like Dave loves scoring goals and getting penalties in a hockey game. Like that would be like a hat trick for Jeff, you know, a a penguin <laughs> i think that would be kind of amazing um, like if we don't i mean he, i don't think he listens to this so i think he doesn't good. i don't think he listens like so you could agree in anything. some like new year show of affection that you're gonna accompany him with birding yeah and stage some you amazing, can have like an like, earpiece and we'll, i'll have a walkie-talkie so we can like communicate this. and uh and yeah i'll just like buy an array of like rubber birds <laughs> Like rubber chickens and fluffy penguins. And then... So I love this. I mean, basically what you're saying is is quality time and investing in time with your partner also is just 
get involved fraud and lies. <laughs> well, I'm just like helping the ADHD part, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'd be super excited to see a penguin, and that would probably Plus, help. Me I would stay also love to see um, the look on Jeff's face if a rubber chicken went yes. flying past. If, if we could <laughs> manage to keep that a secret, and he'd be like, "What the?" Yeah. Um, no, I guess in all seriousness, I mean, I I have thought about birding, and I have I kind of do it with him. Like when we are out somewhere else, like camping, like. I've gotten kind of I can identify birds, but way better than I used to be able to. And so sometimes I help him like spot things. He'll Does see he get something. excited if you get it right. Yeah. Like he's proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a little bit of that. But I also feel like I don't know, like what's the flip side is like he loves it so much and I don't want to like ruin it for him by my impatience or my lack of interest. So it's kind of like I feel like we've we've discussed it and sort of decided like that's. That's a hobby for him, maybe the one he, you know, something because I also feel like you got to have things that you enjoy yourself. Like he yeah, doesn't sure. he doesn't train with me at the gym anymore. Right. We don't have even though CrossFit and the gym is where we met and like where our relationship started. Like we don't really do that together anymore. Um, and I think that's OK. Like I'm in a different place with that. So that's kind of like my thing. And there are oftentimes on the weekend, like you and I go to the gym in the morning. He goes to Lake Los Carneros and watches birds and he's happy as a clam and so am I. <laughs> How do we know that clams are happy? Great question. Where does that come from? <laughs> something you said about, you know, people needing, you know, to be able to enjoy something for themselves and not have somebody else that are ruining it for them. Yeah. Just made me realize that not that this has happened many times, but we just went to an event at a Christmas thing at um Santa Barbara Museum of Art. Yeah. <laughs> and like I'm terrible at art. Now I'm just like is Rachel just cringing because, like, I will look for silly things in paintings or just stand there like the idiot that goes, I don't get it. And, like, today there was this weird picture, <laughs> portrait-y thing, abstract-y thing of a, of a woman, a uh, person with weird bendy arms and long hair. And all I oh, could see oh, in that, that picture yeah, you saw the, like, was a monkey, monkey in the belly. Thing. Yes. I mean... I- so, I mean, I really enjoy that stuff. I think that goes back to what you're saying is is the people we're with the most and you live with get maybe more annoyed or you focus on their annoyances. You and I are together just enough where I don't mind that at all. Um, <laughs> now I'll always see the monkey in that too. I mean, uh, and I did I think, get in you know, trouble for pointing too oh, close yeah, to Oh, yeah, you painting. totally got in trouble, not for Oops. your interpretations, but just for being too close to the paintings. Um, no, but I mean, what I noticed today at the museum was I think um, your – your nonchalance and disinterest was probably more upsetting to Dave when we were in the photography galleries. <laughs> so again, our partners, um, yeah, are sometimes annoying to us and probably we are most annoying to them. I don't know. I love going to the museum with both of you because like Dave takes it super seriously and you take it absolutely not seriously. And that's a perfect balance. That's enjoyable. One and I'm the day. art historian that's just sort of observing. One day... <laughs> We will be in an art place and there will be something that I will absolutely love. And it will probably make both you and Dave's eyes roll. You'd be like, that is not art. We'll be like, like, this is awful. (laughs) Hannah, you have such common taste. Heathen. (laughs) So is there anything like, is there any hobbies that you have that you would like to have Jeff be more involved with? Um... Or is I mean, it like genuine I, that you're both like happier having your own so, separate things? And Yeah, I mean, I think um, I love mountaineering, like actually like summiting high peaks. And he doesn't really have much interest in like 
um, he definitely loves hiking. Like, right, we hike and we backpack together. But in terms of actually going oh, yeah, to places, like we have that in common, but going to like high altitude situations and like snowy crevasse travel, like crampons and ice axes, like he's not interested in that. And that's my thing. So I kind of like that, that like we've got hiking, we've got like one level of that in common, but then there's still, there's aspects of that kind of stuff that he's not interested in. And I'm lucky enough to now have a couple like uh, girlfriends in my life that like doing that stuff and also like an, a travel outfitter that's all women. So like I also feel like I can go off and do that and that's a different kind of special experience. Um, I think it's kind of an interesting thing because both of our relationships began with connections to do with CrossFit. Absolutely. And, and we don't really do in it. In both of our yeah. cases, um, it's like we no longer – I mean, Dave, it does come to the gym. Right. But we don't frequently work yeah. out together. Like if he comes to class, we're not in the same class. Right. You're not always doing it at the same time. We're not and like, like- – competing together or comparing each other to each other's results or anything like that so that's where i think like our relationship formed over that and that bond was really important and when crossfit went away yeah for both of us at the same time in the same place and that's a whole nother story um it was difficult yeah because suddenly there was that connection that's like (gasps) and you worry about now right like if you meet someone especially like with a sport or with like one thing in common. And let's be honest, there's a reason why people, you know, tease CrossFitters about being obsessive and that it's a cult and stuff because it really does. It becomes a part of your life. You're using it to become the best version of yourself, the healthiest version of yourself. And it's also a community. So you are making new friends. I, you know, I see the people at our gym more each week than I do my colleagues at work now because so many of us work from home and when we are in the office we're all in the office on different days right so I mean like I spend more time with my gym people probably than my work colleagues which wasn't the case before when we were all going to offices all the time um so yeah like that's a significant part and I don't know I'm if if y'all ever kind of struggle with that but the thought like back in the day when like Jeff was like no longer crossfitting and I was and getting more into it and going to coach. And I was like, oh, yeah, will that be like a loss? Like, do we have enough else in common, I guess, right? You kind of worry about that. Like, it was a genuine just thing for a while. People? Like, for a while, like, that's there was this kind of massive void where we kind of sat there and what went, we like, do together if we're not what, just going to the gym. <laughs> what do we even like? Because we also, for, for us, we have like epic cultural background differences. Yeah. Um, we're not from the same country. We didn't grow right. up doing the same kind of sports and rituals, like spending Sundays watching football right. all day. You didn't was grow not up understanding American football obsession. So when I came out here and that, that I saw that and I was like, oh yeah. gosh, what, what this, how long do we have to do this for? So it, yeah, for, that's a, true. for a that's while true. there was this kind of desert of connection. Yeah. And that takes its toll on the relationship for sure. When you're just like, okay, uh, so why are we together? What? Right? Like, and, and that's a scary time when you get to a point where you like you ask that question because it's like obviously, when it comes down to it, there's plenty of other reasons why you stay together. Um, but but I now mean, it's we- kind of a fun thing. Is like now, like I'm looking at next year and like the last. I mean, the last few years have been weird, right? Because covid weirdness and when you're trapped in a house with somebody especially someone who's a social butterfly Mm -hmm. it's very very difficult and then you know just the last year has just well well the last two years for me for me personally has been like 
all of my available energy was just like studying for this exam yeah. and like changing gyms and working things out like so much stuff that like the capacity for like let's go and build some bonds and have some fun and right that there just hasn't been enough of that and i think that you know we've certainly had with family issues this year had issues that have kind of kicked us in the butt to be like no we need to make that a priority right right like realizing that it's actually those times that are the most challenging in all these other ways where you got to have that mm-hmm. that connection's even so much more important because um, none of us know how long we've got and part of like i said earlier part of overall health is just like having a good environment which includes being yeah. really connected with the people that you spend most of the time with being appropriately challenged which mm-hmm. means learning new things and playing and growing yeah. as a person and and having fun like that is like mental yeah, health absolutely. and well-being is a huge part of that i mean i've had i've had a conversation actually with a couple different people in the past few weeks um you know i also had my, my father had some health issues recently and it you know always makes you think about kind of just longevity and you know he's lived this amazing healthy life and he and i um when i went home to see him recently we're chatting about the blue zones which is something mm-hmm. i think we've talked about on the podcast before so these areas in the world where a lot of people just live to be 100, but they're still, like, walking around and working and, like, thriving, right? They're not just, like, sitting in an old folks' home in a wheelchair. Um, So it's, you know, these, like, what is it about these cultures? And other than, you know, the physical stuff, like being cultures that definitely have, like, kind of specific kinds of diet, um, that walk a lot, um, there's this element of that human connection, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there are are close-knit communities where – you have either large families or like community groups that like always have your back that you're like regularly feeling supported and checked in on. So it's not always like a family. Um, it can be like your town or um, I think the one in Okinawa, Japan is so fascinating because it's like little it's like a group of women and they've were like assigned to each other at the age of three or four. And they it's almost like a like a book club or like a women's group. And, and they meet almost daily. And they're all now they're like. 99 to 103 That's like so they've literally cute. been friends for almost a hundred years because they wow. met when they were like toddlers um and and that kind of just community right and i feel like in the in the west like a lot of eastern cultures i think have i don't know more traditions where like families live together like you live with your parents or your grandparents or you're close to your siblings like people don't spread out as much and in like west like the states or even western europe you go off and you marry like this one person and you're like not always close to your family. And so I don't know. We don't, like, don't have. We see there's probably a, a reason there's not a lot. There's not a lot of blue zones in North America. At the end of our like, street, um, there is, I think that they're a Chinese family. And right. I think and it's, it's the like biggest three, house. In it's the like three place. or four generations yeah. in the same home. Like we do not. That is not a common. And I know like when the thought of that, like how I grew up yeah. was like having generations and aunts and uncles or whatever live with you was like hideous i know well, like oh my well, god it's also no. like and i mean we judge kids who stay living with their parents or like if you have to be an adult and like no one you know no one gets married and then like lives in their parents basement but actually in a lot of cultures that's exactly what you do because generations support each other and i mean i have family in newfoundland in canada and like a couple of at least like one of my uncles like all of his kids are still in Newfoundland and Newfoundland's like pretty small. So it'd be like, you know, if 
you had a family. Well, I mean, England's not super big geographically, right? So it's like, but they all stayed within, I don't know, 50 miles of each other. I don't know how whether far this one has now moved away from or to, but it's still in Newfoundland. And so like they can legitimately still get together like weekly, like weekly Sunday dinner or something. And I mean, I was always so like we're sailing, traveling around all over the place, just doing my thing. And then it's only been... I think, like, my sister came out to visit in the summer with a, a nephew who's five. So he's, like, a real little human now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's got and, a personality. Like, we met him when he was, like, a little baby. But, like, little yeah. babies don't really do much. They don't interact. No. It's like they're not going to remember you. Like you get to know him as people yet. <laughs> but he was able to interact and form bonds. And now he knows who, like, me and Dave are. And, yeah. and when they went home, it, it was, like, even Dave was actually the first one to say it. Kind of like, that's that's a bummer that we can't just kind of go hey, come stay for the right. weekend or Can't be like weekend part of babysit life. or whatever. And then like I noticed it was my parents because, you know, they're early 70s now. And when I was younger, when I was first traveling the world and stuff, you know, if you didn't see them for a year, not much has changed. Right. Yeah. And now it's just like, you know, I was speaking to my parents just the other day and they were telling me like the laundry list of stuff like health wise that's going on that's with various with them. Family, members. Oh, family members. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, damn. And you know, thinking of other, you know, like you've had issues and, you know, Dave's dad and all the rest of it. And and now, like, when I don't see my parents for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's different. You notice changes and I'm just like, wow. I mean, luckily, touch wood, my parents are still in very good health. Yep. They're still globetrotting and doing the thing. And long may that last. But it's kind of, I realize, I'm realizing the distance now. Like yeah. 6,000 miles away from your family. Yeah. As much as I can be door to door in 24 hours, pretty much, that's still like yeah. very different from being able to jump in your car and drive for an hour or something. Absolutely. And then right. Or even just like being in the same neighborhood as, you know, I mean, it's true. Like I was very lucky when my dad had a health scare. I was able. Yeah. I mean, Santa Barbara to San Antonio, Texas, it's not like it's not super quick, but it's like two flights with, you know, so within like six hours. I can I can be there, um, but it's just it's still not the same as sort of being in the same town or like so many you know parts of the world where you never leave your hometown. Um, I mean I can't imagine that. <laughs> I definitely am so grateful that I've lived in so many different places, yeah. and the side effect of that is that yeah you end up kind of away from family a lot. Um, so I don't know. I mean it's fascinating because that really is such a huge community whatever that looks like whether it's you know family community um just religious community any kind of supportive community i mean it's like scientifically proven now that mm -hmm. it is good for your health like you will be a healthier not just happier person but actually physically healthier person if you have that and cultivate that so that's something that i know that i want to work on because if i did like so something some things i do with my client is called like a a deep health questionnaire where you literally look Ooh. At. I'll give it to you sometime. And <laughs> we you, we love it when Hannah makes me do questionnaires, questionnaires. on the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, the deep health questionnaire basically looks at like all sorts of elements of life. Well, typically, if you say health, you kind of think of like, oh, what did my doctor last say to me at a doctor's right. visit or something yes. like that. But that doesn't take into account like you know the food that you're eating, the mm -hmm. lifestyle that you're living, the people that you're surrounded with, and part of the community element. Like you see, my my uncle from the I just remember when I was a kid and he was like, I want to live till I'm 100. And I'm like, why? It's just throwing a number out there. Right. And 
you know, I guess it's sort of a familial trait. I'm very comfortable being by myself or mm-hmm. with just a very, very small group of people. And I realized that, you know, that happens to so many people like as they age too, is that they, their world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Right, absolutely. And health declines as this world is getting smaller as well because there isn't that community. Yeah. And it's something like that, you know, doing stuff with Dave, but then also like, you know, typically at this time of year, I become more sociable because I like Christmas and I'll, you know, make a bit of an effort and go out. <laughs> Hannah put on stops real being a clothes. grumpy Scrooge for three, four and weeks I realize out of the year. That, you know, <laughs> it's it's kind of okay. I don't want to do it all the time because, like, having to curl my hair and paint my face, like, <laughs> right? We, we put on real people clothes. Today. Real it was people amazing. clothes. Um, but it's it is fun, yeah. getting out and like talking to people that maybe are new or maybe are people you don't see a lot and that's yeah. a very uncomfortable thing for me to do because like i'm always like that person that like, you can just talk to a random person and just talk dave I'm, can talk to I'm anybody at, anywhere like, I, I can anytime. strike up a conversation with a stranger but it's true like as as we get older certainly like we don't make a lot of new friends no. right and especially now i work from home like Pretty much on a weekday, if I didn't make any effort, the only places I would go would be to go to the gym and the grocery yeah. store. And I have no other need to leave my home. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm willing to bet if you and I tallied up new friends in our lives in the past 10 years, the crazy and You're talking vast... about friends, not acquaintances. Well, I mean, acquaintances too. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that a huge, huge percentage of that list for both of us is people we met at gyms. Yeah. Because every time we have moved to a different gym, you meet a new group of people and they become part of your community. And so that does range from casual acquaintance whose name you know and you say hi when you're at the gym to like people you meet at the gym that all of a sudden become the people that you actually invite over or hang out with um, outside of the gym. But I mean, for me, in this stage of my life, CrossFit gyms are like school. Like that's where you meet your friends, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't do a lot of other, unless you have hobbies or still pursue like group sports, um, building that kind of supportive community. Like, I mean, I just, I experienced this with when I went back to Texas to see my dad um, and to be with family kind of during this time, it was really fascinating to see like, the people who checked in on me mm-hmm. and other than like people like you and Jeff, like, you know, like the people really close to me that like, I absolutely, you know, would expect that. Um, you know, it was like my book club, the book club ladies I have here in, in Santa Barbara. Like it was like really cool. I was like, Oh, like that's, that's interesting. Like, you know, who are the people that like really support you when times get tough and, it's kind of cool that that book club has showed me that like even in my 40s, I can like add new people to the close circle or close-ish mm-hmm. circle, right? It's still like kind of the inner, inner circle and you kind of radiate out. But um, I mean, by the way, that's like it's a super awkward thing when somebody is gone because of like a, a family emergency or like a, a stressful <laughs> yeah. thing. Like the number of times that I sat there and I wrote wrote a text to you and then I like deleted oh. it and I was like is it too soon like because you don't know what's, what's oh yeah because you don't down. actually know what's like, happening i don't want to be that person yeah. where she's like get out of my text i mean i'm definitely one of those people that like i mean you know some because it's all it's not just like oh my gosh how are you doing like what's going on like sometimes you know it's like send like a funny instagram post 
that's still that's still people that are thinking about you and know you and like and I feel like I mean that that's I appreciate those as much as the people who are like but yeah, it is hard to check in on people in tough times. Like sometimes you have no idea. Especially what to say. like with, with right? text like, because yeah. it's like text is a hard way to communicate. And especially yeah. if the person on the other end is in a bad spot, yeah. like you might say something totally innocent and just and you have like no meaning idea to be good. To, and it could be interpreted absolutely. completely wrongly. Yeah. And then it's like you've created yeah. a worse situation. Yeah. But I mean, when y'all were y'all were in Florida, you know, and like you know, checking in with you, it was like can I water the plants? And sometimes that's like, you know, all you you check in with and be like, is there like this one thing you can do when people are going through a tough time? And, but even that, I mean, right. Like those are the kinds of things that but I think that's make like, you feel like, okay, there is like support in my world. And that's like super important for your own health. Just yeah. knowing, and like your environment, like talking about the importance of environment, like having actually when you sent texts about like plants and stuff, yeah, that means that, our environment here, which still exists when we're gone, mm-hmm. is still being taken care of. Yeah. So that, like, I flew back before yeah. Dave, but, like, if I'd flown back and, like, that plant that was full the of ants. The plant that was infested with ants. Had, like, <laughs> the ants had then traveled further and the whole kitchen was that infested would be, with ants and all the rest I of it. I would break down, right? Oh, my if God. If I came back into town after a whole lot of the, even if I was, like, away on a vacation or, you know, something not as stressful maybe as, like, a family health emergency and you come back and there's, like, one thing that's happened, like there's a leaky faucet or you forgot to clean a dish and now it's mold. Like those are the things that can like, you know, sometimes, yeah, make you break down. Um, that plant was hilarious, by the way. I've never seen that many ants. Just in one plant. That's why I wanted yeah, to take a video. That's why I wanted to take a video because I was like, this is an amazing amount of ants. I literally had these visions that I was going to come back and like they would have been hiding from you while you took out the plant and then I'd come back come and back they'd and be like in the bed and yeah. the whole bed oh was my full of ants. And I was like, Yes, oh. for, the, for for our listeners who are not in this particular part of California, um, this is pretty much a constant battle of years past is ants primarily looking for water, which is why they end up in our house plants. Um, yes. So as we have droughts, ants just love us in, in these lovely condos where we live. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so you guys should know that like we did actually have like alternative plans for today's podcast, um, but we had to do a little left turn at the traffic lights at the last minute, which so is we're like, kind of improvising yeah. right now. And life but... has thrown us lots of curveballs lately. That's actually why this was kind of poetically fitting, actually, that we had the curveball edition. Um, yes, yes. But it was also a time where we were like, actually, we've got kind of a lot to talk about. And, and yep. you know, one thing that we've talked about a lot is goals and achieving goals and setting goals and smart goals smart goals um and so i'm gonna quickly mention mine because i'm proud of it yep and it actually is an interesting like things my mom always used to say to me that like we would things come in like five years cycles like when i was growing up we never really lived in a house for longer than five years we oh, just interesting. moved every five years it just okay. worked out that way they have now subsequently lived in their home for like 15 years or something but and I was like, huh. So I retired from sailing in 2017. I got married that same year. And yeah. I began my immigration process. Oh, and right. at the We're beginning, exactly your five-year mark. Yeah. Like, oh. So at the beginning of this year, I was like, by the end of this year, I would really love to have my U.S. passport. Like, be the citizen, get the passport, get that all done. Yeah. So that I'm not, like, another year of, like, 
waiting for an interview or having to pay another thousand dollars to some branch of the government for whatever reason or having to have my fingerprints taken again. <laughs> so that was one goal. And the other goal was to finish up like two years of study and pass my board certification exam for the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches. And it's funny how the universe works, but both of which like I, I began nutrition coaching studying in 2017 five oh, years ago also the same year yeah when you got almost your first, exactly like, the same yeah, time as like nutrition like level one that was right like after i got year. married That's i began right. like working on my precision nutrition level one and submitted all the paperwork for immigration wow and weirdly enough this tuesday i think it was this past week yep. On exactly the same day, my passport arrived in the post. Oh, no, it was Thursday because I was in your oh, class. Oh, it was Thursday, of course. My passport Thursday arrived morning. in the yeah. in the mail, and I got the email to say that I had passed the board certification exam. Yep. And then I was like, okay, my year's done. I'm just like giving y'all, up. Y'all on can't see us, but we have wine right now. We're we're celebrating this and cheersing. And since then, Ugh. I have put in terrible performances in the CrossFit gym ah, and been okay. super sore. You know, and it's... feel like I've forgotten everything I've learned, yeah. but. It's, it's funny that, like, we've also talked a lot about, like, stress and, like, yeah. the stress, the thing, you know, the role that stress plays in, in health and in body composition and just in life in general. And I'm one of these people that, like, it takes a lot of stress before I realize I'm stressed. Yes. Like, I will hold a lot of load and not even recognize that I'm stressed out mm-hmm. until, like, one silly little thing happens and then it just all comes crashing down. That day on Thursday, when I like I, I finished my cross my six a.m. class, Rachel was coaching. I knew that I hadn't got my passport, I, but I get those mail notifications, yes, so I knew it was arriving those, yeah. that day. And I walked across the street to go to the the coffee place. Shout out to Old Town Coffee, um, <laughs> and I smiled the whole way driving home, and just felt like I weighed about fifty pounds less. I literally felt like I was just like floating. Yeah. And that all of a sudden I had capacity like, to entertain what we were talking about when we opened this show about doing things right. with Dave and learning oh, it new opened things. Up, like, like took burdens. I had off. bought the skates sense. and I'd been like, okay, we'll figure this out. And all of a sudden I was just like, excited. No, this can happen. Yeah, like this can now happen. And like now it's a process. Like I have grand plans and big ideas and all the rest of it. But for what I want to do with my business and where I want to take it. But I've also realized that five years of various stress loads, including, you know, you get married and you buy a home, but you can't actually call the place you live home because you're waiting on a government official to determine right, your future. Right, to determine you can actually call this home. <laughs> like, I got married and you say forever and stuff and, and all that, but I didn't even know if I could stay. Yeah. And Well, and just, I mean, I like you, you mentioned kind of the way the universe happens, like, what are the chances in 2017 you could predict that both of those things would come in on the same day in and like, December of 2022, right? It's just, it's magical. Like, I love coincidences. I'm, I, you know, I love serendipity because it really does. It just like, it has this ability, like you said, to even like affect like your mental health, certainly, but like even like your physical health. I mean, like, I think I've smiled more since Thursday than I have yeah. in two years. <laughs> And, you know, even things like, you know, and I freely admit, like, 
And we haven't even I, taken her to the Christmas market yet. Right. I think it's just Smiles great. are getting way bigger soon. Yeah. <laughs> like going to things like the museum thing today mm-hmm. typically is like hard yeah. for me. Because it's like, oh my God, what if I'm stuck next to somebody and I have to make small talk? I don't know what to do. It's like the scariest thing ever. It sounds ridiculous. Give me a 60 foot wave and I'm fine. Talk to a stranger. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Now talk at a stranger because I have to give a talk mm. different story, but have oh, to I know. engage we gotta, we'll, we'll do a whole podcast on that conversation is really hard. Yeah, but even things like that, I just feel like I have so you know. I guess it's like you know a computer getting some more RAM or whatever you call it when you free up memory, free up some memory, free up some memory space. Everything starts running smoother. That's a great analogy because it's true. Right. One thing, one little thing can all of a sudden affect every other program, every other application. And I really I want to bottle this moment so I can remind myself, you know, because obviously, you know, you take on more stuff again and you're like, oh, shit, like literally this next week, I need to write a TED talk. I'm giving a TED talk in February, TEDx talk. And I I was like, oh, crap, I've got to write that. Um, But it's just like. I want to make sure that I schedule check-ins with myself, whether it's like once every six months, once every quarter, whatever it is, just to kind of like think of it, like check in with my kind of memory load. Like, where am I at? Like, am I literally, because there was a time not that long ago where like I literally thought I had dementia or something because I couldn't (laughs) remember anything. Yeah. Anything at all. And for sure, my memory in general is not as good as it used to be, but I'm 42 and there's some weird hormonal stuff that I can blame that on. (laughs) And it's probably going to get worse. But for a little while, a couple of months ago, I was just like, man, I, I, this is worrying. Like I cannot remember anything. And I used to be the person that didn't put anything in a calendar ever. Oh my goodness. Never. How, how, and you survived? I could remember everybody's names after you telling me once. I could remember Whoa. anything and everything and never used a calendar I've never whatsoever. been that way. Age or hormone, like, otherwise. Yeah. But, <laughs> and I was starting to just think, like, I'm losing my mind. And I don't know what the next five years is going to look like. But since I kind of freed up some space, I'm like much better and i was like that i need to so remember to check in with myself and like i always say to me back like one of my clients you know earlier this year we w- we'd finished a check-in and then she was like who looks after you and i was like no one but i'm fine i'm good i don't need it totally good totally good that is true i mean we've talked about that a little bit like coaches need coaches um and i know you've gone through phases where you've had coaches and probably great lengths where you haven't had coaches other than people that coach you at the gym but in terms of like health and life coaching stuff Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean so so you haven't actually told people like you're you're like what's the the new certification like what what does that mean like everyone's rates are tripling in the new year (laughs) (laughs) surprise you heard it here first yeah she has more letters and things to list after her name i guess um (laughs) so (laughs) so becoming like basically i mean like if you had said the word even when i began this journey when i started out with just the basic nutrition coaching Mm -hmm. course yeah if you said the word like wellness back to me to, to me back then I kind of went straight to like, oh, this is like someone burning incense and right. banging a little symbol. Yes. And, you know, people kind of, our age have a 
strong you know we'll be like we have we have hippie kind of not that uh, there's like anything wrong with parents, that at all generation sometimes and like that's where my head goes you know, if absolutely that's, if that's where you enjoy holistic great. wellness but it's yeah. not like it's not really who i am it's not you know the path that i have ever chosen to go down um so i would have been like huh, what <laughs> i've subsequently learned a lot about what that means and yeah. the importance of it but the whole realm of like nutrition and health and wellness coaching it kind of blew up or has blown up in the last five years so and, much yes and there's i mean like in some states it's illegal to be a nutrition coach you have to be right. there's a, a registered dietitian, dietitian with a, yeah. a degree um there are still a good number of states california included where you can be a nutrition coach but you have to be very careful about the wording and so i kind of like I did my level one, became the nutrition coach. I Prior to that, I had done a life coaching certification. Oh, that's and right. I, I forget you had had that. Yeah, I did Erickson prior. School, yeah. International School, um, Art and Science of Coaching. And I had really enjoyed like the behavioral science sort of aspect yeah. of that and change. And then, you know, I got into the more nutrition stuff, which was all all just sort of food and crunching numbers from macros and things like that. And then this level two nutrition course had come up and I was like, put it off for a while because it's, you know, it's a financial investment and it's a good amount of time investment and a lot of stuff going on. And then one day I was just like, you got to commit. Like, if you genuinely want to do this, we got to go all in and yeah. we'll figure it all out. And I actually began the course and then six months into it, they announced that they were developing well they had developed and were about to launch a new new course oh um because they're of the national board certification option and basically it sort of the the learning that i've been doing just was it was much more focused much less on like the science of nutrition much more on like behavioral change coaching yeah and all of that stuff that i really was fascinated in from the life coaching mm-hmm. course because i mean you know i can crunch a bunch of numbers for you and if all you're interested in is meeting weight for a weightlifting meet or something right. like that great cool but for most people that i have come across relationships with food is very complicated absolutely and you know it's way more mental than physical most yeah. of the time and to actually create lasting change it can involve a lot of work in exploring you know habitual behaviors and, and relationships with food and and a lot of times stuff comes up where, you know, it's a gray area for me that could really be passed over to like therapists or, oh, you know, yeah, sure. mental health. And a lot of people I've worked with could really benefit from a whole host of people with different skills to right. help. We them all need a stuff. team around us, ideally. Um, I definitely I definitely remember when Jeff, my partner, who, you know, was has been a CrossFit coach for ages. He told me once, like 10 years ago, he was like... If I knew what I'd be doing now, like as a CrossFit coach and a manager of a gym, like I'd go back and get my undergraduate degree in psychology. Oh, yeah. He's like private training is mostly like therapy, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. helping someone become the best version of yourself. And through that, they share secrets with you. They like reveal trauma. There's so much there. And he was Mm -hmm. like, "Ah, yeah, a degree in psychology or something like that would be so useful. Yeah. So like this, this qualification that I spent two years doing has been a lot about that, a lot, you know, of scope of work stuff so that you're not 
stepping your toes into areas that you're simply not, you know, legally allowed to do. Um, and so like I've just expanded my toolbox so much as a coach and people that I now work with who in the past I would have been like, uh, so new macros, uh, cool. <laughs> I've now got this whole just array of like behavioral change tools and I've learned like, you know, cause, cause I am the one, you know, I've said this before, like I'm the kind of person that like when I got my nutrition coach back in 2017, when I was first on this journey, yeah. I was like, I want to, you know, have a coach too, to experience it. Yep. I got some macros and I just went straight to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's, that's rare. Like, that you know, and I, honestly, like to have the ability to just dive that's in. That's not like yeah, a yeah. normal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like through that process, a lot of stuff did come up, but I just wasn't in a space yet to be able to share more with my coach. And I yeah. would have been intrigued to see how she would have reacted to that and had been right. able to help me out with it. And or depend. I mean, I don't know her or her certification, but also like the way a coach with a different kind of training maybe would have drawn out of you those things even Mm -hmm. if you weren't ready to share them necessarily would recognize like i bet there's more going on than this person that maybe just wants some macro numbers or something right like i yeah so this whole course like lots of tools in the toolbox but also kind of like really gaining confidence in the fact that like a coach's job versus a therapist like a coach believes that everybody has their innate ability to solve their problem yeah it's just a matter of like Asking the right questions. How do we get you there asking and, questions? And yep. teasing it out of you rather than like, you come to me as a client, I tell you what to do. You walk away and go, okay, cool. I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah, that's and not for really some, how any kind of therapy or coaching some, ever works. That's like for true. some people, like some people are not coachable yet. You know, yeah. like an addict doesn't have the ability to go away and figure out like what they need. Right. They they need guidance first. They need somebody like leading the charge And then maybe later on in their life, they would become, get to a coachable place. So lots of that. But like going back to like, so the the hippie comments is like, because so many people have like jumped on and called themselves sort of coach. Yeah. In what has been a largely kind of unregulated industry that it's now like, that's fairly saturated with quote unquote coaches. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to change your largely unregulated to pretty much completely unregulated. I mean, there's no restriction on calling yourself that or I mean Instagram mm-hmm. influencers are I mean we've talked about it a lot on the podcast the kind of stuff that the internet feeds you there's no regulation around that and like, uh, you know if you are a coach and you're peddling supplements you're uh, technically breaking the law absolutely I mean and so you know a lot of stuff like that so like I wanted to knowing that I wanted to take this seriously and I wanted to actually be able to offer people something mm-hmm. and not just be like oh this is actually all about me i'm going to call myself coach and i'm going to have a great social media profile but i can't actually give you shit like yeah. i want i would rather genuinely help a handful of people and you know when i'm retired from all of this be proud of that than to reach a hundred thousand people yeah. but actually i'm just giving them superficial crap right. and that probably means that financially i'm screwed <laughs> Well, it is annoying when so many uh, quote unquote influencers and people without qualifications are getting rich off of kind of peddling things to people's but I, insecurities yeah, I mean, online. Like, I but... hope because for the people that I've, I've genuinely been able to help and continue to be able to work with, yeah, um, it's 
it's such an amazing experience to be a part of somebody's life, to build that trust and that rapport and be able to help them help themselves to a better place yeah. and see them learn to care for themselves and love themselves and respect themselves more that, you know, I want to make sure that I can differentiate myself from the fluff that's all for show. So I'm going to put in the time and effort and, you know, the work and hopefully the people that in the industry that genuinely care about making meaningful meaningful change with their clients will follow suit yeah. and that you know without being something like being board certified or having sort of particular qualifications that clients will be a little bit more discerning absolutely about who they select and not just like oh this person looks great on instagram cool but they actually have very little yeah. substance to be able to offer Absolutely. And then at some point, it's still there's still like a legislative process, but at some point, hopefully, in the next year or two, um, it will become possible to use insurance to yeah. see like a health and wellness coach. And when, you know, health and wellness involves looking at your entire lifestyle, you know, your environment, your stress levels, how you sleep, what you're eating, like how what you're doing in terms of moving your body. Like like I said, the deep health thing, looking at everything right, right. rather than just like someone comes in with a whole host of issues, but we're just going to focus on how many vegetables yes. you're eating because you might be able to change your diet to being perfect, quote unquote. Yeah. But if everything else in your life is trash yeah. and you don't sleep and your stress levels are through the roof and you're not in a happy environment, well, you're never going to get the results that you're looking for just from right. eating all the broccoli. I wish broccoli was the magic I mean, we cure. love broccoli and broccoli is a great thing, but and I mean, I always eat broccoli, I, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got, I did, I did have a referral once to, um, a dietitian, right? So that was what I could actually do. Dory, do little found something. Um, that like, that was something my insurance would cover. And that person just told me to just not eat carbs. Like, and cool. it was like, this is a person who like clearly didn't know I, I trained, like didn't care about the fact that I was an athlete. Like it was just like, that was the kind of that, that training was not multifaceted, right. Or holistic. It was just like, oh, oh, you want to lose weight. So here's the way to do it. And that's like, where, you know, there's a place like we, we mentioned about, thanks Dory. You agree. Well, Dory Good agrees. Job. So, you know, like that's where like there is a place for a whole team of people. And it may be that you have somebody that has like a medical issue that involves like a dietitian. Thank you, Dory Doodle. <laughs> Dory's Thanks just for being a part of it. Punctuating every, every comment now. Like maybe you have yes. <laughs> a dietitian on board because you need like, you know, you've got kidney problems right. and you have to be prescribed a diet because something yes. a coach cannot do is prescribe you a diet that's plan. right dietitians like, are the only I people who are legally allowed to like tell you here's a meal plan this is what you but should eat yeah that yeah. dietitian might be able to write you a wonderful meal plan but have absolutely no idea how to get you to fit that into your lifestyle like how to how to get your lifestyle kind of crafted so that you're able to follow that diet plan exactly how do, how do you actually coach? And then maybe through... during the process of that coaching, like how do you build those habits? How do you create that lifestyle where you can follow that plan to be in your best health? There may be some therapy that is involved in 
kind of getting you through the emotional eating connections that you've maybe yeah. formed because of trauma or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, oh, dietitian must be better than a nutrition coach. It's like, well, actually, that's very totally different things. Good place for both of them. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, it, it's it's really incredible. And I really, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I hope sincerely that as we move through, well, basically just figuring out how to like, you know, take in the internet and everything that's out there, um, that things like board certifications and, you know, having people who are committed to getting qualifications themselves, but also kind of educating more people about valuing that, right? And and seeking that out rather than all the other things the internet just kind of puts in front of us. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. And congratulations. Thank you. And <laughs> I also really think, you know, exciting, it's kind of like, right? you know, a medical doctor, anybody who, medical doctor, therapist, anybody who has any kind of influence over another person's health and well-being should be invested in continuing to improve their own knowledge and their own skills because a one-time certification that teaches you how to crunch some macros and a little bit of science about food does not qualify you to dig deep into like habit formation and change and you know complex relationships with food and genuine lifestyle changes so I'm hopeful that I mean, I've, there are definitely times where the amount of work on top of full-time work All and the clients other things and that CrossFit you're doing, stuff, yes. <laughs> there was definitely a few times in the last year where I've gone cross-eyed um, and wondered what the hell is I'm trying to do here. But, you know, it's like anything. It's, it was an investment and it's, you know, I'm some, it's something I'm proud of and it's definitely meaning that I can offer my clients so much more. And it's it's exciting to see where it goes. But before I get into like the whole, I got to build my brand again. And change, <laughs> I'm going to let myself enjoy Christmas. Absolutely. Yes. And I mean, I feel like as, as usually happens, we've uh, touched on about eight different things that we want to talk about on other podcasts. And <laughs> I think this will, yeah, this will give us lots of new topics too debunking other internet coaches and things like that Ooh. we haven't we haven't done like a top 10 off of the internet thing maybe we need to bring one of those back we can oh oh new year top 10 oh. you know new goals for the new year or top 10 crappy things that instagram influencers are telling you you're supposed to do in january oh yeah yeah we'll do that we could do sure. that one <laughs> so yeah apologies for the slight delay in this coming to you we both ended up with like family situations and then the flu and you yeah. know it was a challenging few weeks, um, but hopefully we'll be back on regular schedule. Um, thanks for tuning in. And uh, hopefully we will bring our guests to you that we are looking forward to interviewing, either the next one or sometime very, very soon. So we will, I would say we will see you next time. I know. We, I will, know. we, we will, will talk at we you will next time. We will talk at you next time does not have the same ring to it. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>